service uh, helpful for you. You may have a praise, which oil would be an oil of gladness. You may have a burden that you need help carrying. You may have a request for healing. You may need a fresh supply of the Holy Spirit for what you have ahead, for a task, for the journey ahead. So be thinking how you can praise this and bring your prayers to the anointing time. So this has been an exciting week, hasn't it, for a basketball fan? Um, it's also been a week of illness. I think there's been fevers this week, and there have been fevers this week, uh, at least one hospitalization that I know of, and uh, grief and illness. So we come uh, to the Lord asking uh, for mercy. It's also spring break time. I know at least two families that are going to the Grand Canyon. So that's a way to return to the Lord, isn't it? To uh, take a trip of some kind. I asked myself a week or so ago, that what would it mean for me to return to the Lord? And so I got out my golf clubs, and um, I wasn't able to play last year. And for some time, I've been wanting to get them shortened. Um, so I went up to Hillcrest. Uh, Mr. Bischoff there, the pro, Mr. Brubaker, I knew those families, great people. And um, he said, yeah, I'll shorten your driver an inch. And I thought if my clubs were shortened, maybe I could hit the ball, you know. And... Uh, um, then on a nice day, we'll go out and hit some balls, you know. You know, my clubs have real small heads on them, and they're heavy. And uh, he brought out this club that was light as a feather, and it had a great big end on it. I told him, I said, I know what my wife would say. She would say, get it, <laughs> you know. Uh, so anyway... Uh, yeah, I haven't been bearing fruit in this area at all. I haven't been able to go with, you know, Willis, Johns, the other people play. But I'm hopeful that this year I can uh, bear some fruit uh, in this area. So returning to the Lord sometimes isn't complicated, isn't anything uh, complex. You have the today's Luke text printed in your bulletin. It's on the back of the order of service. And these chapters in Luke 12 and 13 are tense. Uh, Jesus is on his way to certain death, and he's stressed. And he says, this is a baptism, and I'm stressed until this happens. And these chapters reflect stress. Uh, last week, Eric's sermon uh, stoned, and Jerusalem stoning people, the prophets and people that are sent. There's a parable of a master who comes home and the Servants aren't vigilant, they're not ready or prepared, and he, he cut one in, in pieces. Um, uh, Jesus talks about division, and in our text today, there's a verb that says akapto. It sounds just like what it is, chop, talking about chopping something down. And so these are kind of tense uh, uh, chapters. Uh, today, we have Roman police violence. And in addition, an accident 
a tower falls on, collapses on some people just like a plane would crash. In the meantime, in the present moment, Eric last week talked about the present time. In the meantime, Jesus is teaching. So let's look at this text. And some came at the same time telling him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed with the blood of their sacrifices. And speaking up, he replied to them, Do you think that these Galileans are sinners in comparison to all the Galileans who were there because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but if you do not repent, you all likewise will die. If you do not repent or be converted, you will similarly, in the same way, die, perish, or be lost. Joel Green, in his Luke commentary, refers to repentance as a transformation or reformation, a better understanding of God's nature and God's wishes for God's world. In other words, pondering the good news of God's kingdom in our in-between time. But repentance is about returning to the Lord. Ann Hosteller in Goshen College Lenten Devotions talks about reorienting ourselves. It's a reorientation to God's love and mercy. She was thinking about repentance and she calls her daughter, the oldest of four children. Their daughter's now in her 30s. And she said, you know, when you were young, I wish I would have hugged you more. And uh, her daughter said, well, I'm still the same person. I'm here. So, you know, repentance isn't complicated. Maybe just a hug. Let's continue with the text. Or those 18 upon whom the tower beside the pool of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that those who were there are sinners in comparison to all the people who are inhabiting Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but if you do not repent, you, will, you all will die the same. Jesus is saying here, uh, just because your plane didn't crash and another one did, don't think for a moment that those people that crashed are more sinful than you. Or just because someone's house is taken with a tornado or suffers a cyclone, flood, or an earthquake, don't think for a moment that they are more sinful than you are. Same goes for illnesses. God has given great freedom to God's creation. And many things happen in a random chance fashion. I think we understand that. Joanna Souter last week talked about her family going down in the basement to air raid shelter when they were bombed. Now we know that we they are not more sinful than we are just because their family is being bombed or cold or starving. And I think um, if you read the Rejoice reading today, Ruth uh, Smith Meyer, she talks about tests that her daughter-in-law, son, her daughter and son-in-law underwent. She calls these unmerited challenges, uh, illness and, and uh, accidents fire. These things happen quite apart from any sin. And we, we understand that, I think. And Jesus uh, 
is saying, uh, you know, be vigilant, be prepared, be ready. If we go to the Grand Canyon, uh, we need to realize that it's a long way down. Uh, there's heat and rattlesnake and dehydration. So he's saying, I think in these texts, be ready, be uh, vigilant. And I also think he's saying, don't take up the sword and revolt against Rome. That's probably not in your best interest. I don't think they necessarily listened. Jerusalem was destroyed by Rome in 66 to 70. Luke's gospel was written after that date, maybe in the 80s or 90s. A city whose rulers kill prophets, stone those who are sent, like Stephen in Acts 7. Injustice for the poor, the alien, the widow and orphan, the earth, and idolatry have predictable real politics sequelae. People suffer. But then in the midst of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, in the midst of urgency and anxiety, with instruction to be ready and vigilant, to interpret the present time, in the midst of stoning and killing the ones sent from last week's message later in this chapter, in the midst of Pilate's violence in our text, we have a parable about God's mercy. The owner here is ready to have the tree chopped down. But in the midst of this, we have compassion and forgiveness. Let's look at the text of this parable then. And he began telling this parable, someone owns a fig tree planted in his orchard. And he came looking for fruit in it and, and did not find any. And he said to the gardener, look, for three years I've been coming looking for fruit in this fig tree and I'm not finding any. Therefore, ekopto, chop it down, cut it down. Why then is it exhausting the soil? So a parable is a form of teaching Jesus used to make a point through a comparison. This one is almost a riddle. It's kind of difficult. But he, the gardener, speaking up, said to the owner, says to him, Sir, let it go also this year until I dig around it and apply manure. And if it produces fruit in the one year coming, then good. But if not, you shall cut it down. says, let it go, leave it standing, harden it, cancel its failures. The word apply manure has an active meaning. It means throw, bring about a change, deposit like you deposit money in a bank account. Invest in this tree. If it produces fruit in the coming year, then good, well and good, an RSV says, if not, you may, you can cut it down. Here we have God's mercy and pardon. Mark has read this already. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So this tree was hungry. Gail talked in the children's story about being hungry. This tree was stressed and hungry and tested. And life probably hadn't been much fun. 
now at rest in the loving care of the gardener. This is a holy season. Nourishment. It's not doing more. It's not working harder. It's not straining. It's being present for healing and mercy. The gardener here provides a way through. The tree can do what it has been created for. I like to show pictures of a tree. Okay, this is a uh, the farm in Columbia, near an agri part of an agricultural community, where there's a church plant called Kita de Megra. This is about seven acre farm that the people um, uh, starting this church they want to buy this. They have dreams for making uh, becoming more self sufficient, growing. So there are lots of fruit here. A lot of fruit trees, and, and I wrote them. Uh, one of the pastors, uh, Rosa, wrote them down for me. And some of them we know, like banana, we know what that is. And I'm not sure even what this is. But you can see. And go, yeah, thank you. You can see there's a stick there leaning. The caretaker, he uses the stick to reach up in the top branches and pick this fruit can't really see it. Maybe you can see it. There are clusters. It's not a fig tree. I don't think there were any fig trees there, but this tree is bearing fruit even in dry weather. Very dry weather. Very sweet. Okay, you can go to the next one. Thanks. Let's show the next picture, Gail. Thank you. So this one is a kind of a strange fruit. You open it up and it has these red seeds and they put this on top of meat to season it. Um, and I'm not sure just even what it's called, but it, these are exotic uh, fruits. Okay, the last one. All right, these are the Manuel and Rosa, the pastoral couple. This is their daughter, Patricia, and her, her daughter, their granddaughter, Laura. Okay, thank you. Take that off. So there's a tree. You know, bearing fruit by getting out and playing golf isn't a real big thing, is it? Um, I don't think Jerry and Sherry, or Buddy and Sherry Rogers are here today. I hope it's okay. I, I, I listened to an interview with uh, Dr. Stephanie Rogers, who is a member of this uh, this is her home congregation she's the lead geriatric physician at the University of California in San Francisco the head of that department and she's bearing fruit in a really significant way you know sometimes elderly people come into the hospital and they're worse off when they leave than when they come in and she is part of a I think it's a nationwide movement for age-friendly care it's an interdisciplinary and their acute care unit to maintain uh, mobility and independence and really respect the goals that seniors themselves have. And uh, in this interdisciplinary approach, a couple times in this interview, she mentions the presence of a chaplain. And I'm really proud of her. Um, now, this is um, a really example of bearing fruit. 
Holy Spirit helps us return to the Lord's mercy so we can bear fruit. We need this mercy. Grieving, illness, pain, decisions, conflict, these are all part of life. The gardener and God show restraint. We receive God's mercy and healing by bringing ourselves this morning for anointing. Bring your request for fruit-bearing and wholeness. I would like to be anointed for. I want to submit this to the Lord. I need help carrying this burden. I'd like to accept God's will. I would like to be healed. I would like to receive the Holy Spirit for the journey ahead. Or as a way of giving thanks. The oil of gladness. Let's pray. O God, you are my God, eagerly we seek you. Our souls thirst for you, our flesh longs for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So we have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life itself, our lips will praise you. So we will bless you as long as we live. We will lift our hands and call on your name. Our souls thirst for you. Our souls cling to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and nourishment. Thank you for being patient with us, especially in times of repentance. Now, Holy Spirit, prepare our hearts to receive your anointing for the journey Help us to return to your mercy, to return to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.